This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club I'm slightly worried that I traumatized the child because he, I was watching this film uh, just before we sat down to record, and he like he was watching his movie, which is Car from Cars. Uh huh. Like, on on what? Where were you watching it, and where was he watching it? He was watching his movie on our big TV. Okay, because he's the watching he's Willow. the master of the house, and yeah. I was hiding in the um, spare bedroom watching it on my computer. Okay. Um, but my desktop computer. Okay. But he came into the room just as like the sorceress was like melting the face of the other sorceress. Yeah. And he was like, what is happening to them? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's having her life essence drained out of her. I was like, uh, they're playing. <laughs> he was just like, what is this movie? And I was like, aren't you watching Cars? And he was like, I'm watching this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> Did he enjoy it? He liked it, and he liked it. There's a it. lot to like. There's a lot to like, and he liked it, and he liked it, and then like the then it ended. And but I was like, just as like the sorceress, I think this the like the sorceress like gets lightninged into like a fucking purple goo, and then disappears through the castle. And yeah. I like at that point, I was like, I should probably. I like quickly stood up and like stood in front of the screen, where I was like. I don't think it's bad necessarily, but I definitely have like I have childhood memories of every single time I saw something that wasn't meant for me. Yeah, me too. Like every single one is like seared in my brain. Not in a bad way, but it's just like I'm like making a memory right now where he's going to be like, "Whoa, what the fuck is this?" And that's what he said. "What's happening? What's happening, What's happening? to them?" Right. And then at the and then you- it ended and he was like, "I don't like this movie." Yeah. Yeah, it's so, not for him. Everyone's a know? fucking critic. Yeah. Yeah. The pacing's all off. Like, you had to do really <laughs> this kind of shit, you know? Yeah. No, that's true. Um, speaking of babies. Yeah. Do you know how old Warwick Davis was when this movie came out? Is it Warwick or Warwick? Oh, I don't know. You're British. You tell me. I don't know. Um, I would say Warwick, but uh, I don't know how old he was. How old was 18! he? 18! Whoa. Okay. 18 huh. he was 18. in this film. Wow. When it came out. So he's probably 17 when he was filming it. And he's like... This curmudgeonly old farmer, like, family man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's a baby. We watched Willow. We watched Willow this week. It's a, it is, it's not even a babysitting movie. It's the ultimate babysitting movie. There is babysitting from start to fucking finish in this film. Yeah, it, it literally starts with the baby being born. Yeah, and then they're like, now let's and get this baby sat. <laughs> let's get this baby in front of a sitter right now. <laughs> right now. Sitters. Yeah. She kind of changes hands. Her first sitter is eaten by dogs. Yes. First sitter um, is eaten. Well, the first sitter, if the if moms can sit, yeah, um, then the mom is the first sitter. And that is what they say about moms. The mom is the first sitter, and um, she uh, she was uh, ensorcelled to death. That's what, uh, that's what alma mater means. Yeah. Means first sitter. <laughs> first sitter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, she was sorcelled to death. Yes, yeah. and then the second um, sitter was a wet nurse, and she was um, by eaten dogs. by fame wolves. And then the next sitter is 
Warwick Davis. Uh, Warwick, or Warwick. Warwick. It's def- Warwick. No one knows. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Milligan, and then the Brownies, yeah. and then Warwick Davis again. Um, and then the mean sorceress. Yes. For a brief time. Yeah. Does a sitting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of babysitting. It's an ultimate babysitting movie. We're going to talk about it. We're going to describe it to you if you haven't seen it. Here's the thing. If you're close to our age, you've seen Mm -hmm. it because everyone saw it as a kid. Um, I am pretty sure this is my first time. um, Oh, really? Seeing this. Okay. If you're close to my age, you saw it. George Lucas. I, I have like, I have awareness around it. I just never like managed to. To watch it, I but. think that there's like an alternate universe where, like, Willow is everybody's Harry Potter. I think there's an ultimate alternate universe where Willow is everyone's Lord of the Rings, and I'm yeah. I've actually got I'm going to take Peter Jackson to task in this episode. Yeah, with a segment that I call. Oh, you think Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson, who, uh, for people who don't know, Peter Jackson famously wrote Lord of the Rings, uh, which is a a, a series of uh, movies. He stole everything from Willow. No, that's a good point. That's like what, like 15, no, 20 years later? 12 years earlier. I think this came out in 88, and Lord of the Rings was 2000. Really? Anyway, it's about little. Yeah. A race of little people. Yeah. Who and one of them is selected to go on a quest. Yeah, and there's the evil and he sorcerer. Meets like a he meets like a rakish rising like, in the south. Yeah. Chaotic new swordsman. Swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. He meets some other little people. Gimli in Lord of the Rings, the brownies in this movie. Yeah. Meets up with a sorceress, like a elf queen. It's it's shocking. Shot for shot. And then shot for shot. and then yep. guess guess where Willow was filmed. New Zealand? New Zealand. What the fuck, Peter Jackson? You completely Peter Jackson, copied you this. at least, like, covered your tracks a little bit. You just, like, went back to the old Willows, like, yeah. uh, sets in New Zealand. So like, this is... good enough. So my theory is correct. We are in that alternate universe. Willow is the text for our mm-hmm. fantasy, which was later copied in Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. Yep. And then... Shot for shot, note yeah. for note. Yep. Shot for shot, note for note. And then that's the world we're living in. But most people, and this is the second half of my sentence, is that um, younger people have never heard of this. (laughs) Younger Uh, people who listen to our show don't know that this, it was anything. But it's George Lucas wrote it, and it's Lucasfilm. And it's like, everyone at the time was like, it's George Lucas's new thing. He did the thing. And it's, it's Willow. In my head, Willow was the same as, uh, made-for-TV movie called The Ewok Adventure. And it's because yeah. Warwick Davis does play Wicket. Okay. The Ewok in, yeah. in Star Wars. And they made a spinoff called The Ewok Adventure, which is about Wicket. Right. And Wicket's adventures with a little uh, blonde-haired girl. Yeah, I've watched those films. Yeah. Um, and I thought, when when you told me Wicket, I was like, and when you told me Willow, yeah. I was like, oh, great. Like, it's in oh, the sweet. It's like a piece of Star Wars media that yeah. I've never consumed. Well, it is very Lucas filmy. It is very Lucas filmy, except it wasn't Lucas. It was old Ronnie. Yeah. Big Ron. Um, let me ask you Ron this because I've been focusing on this lately and it's controversial. But do you think this film passes the Bechdel test? 
And remind me, I know what the Bechtel test is, but remind me what the specific rules are. The Bechtel test is is that two female characters have to interact without talking about a male character. Two is that right? Female characters have to have a conversation with each other that is not about a man. I can't think of a single instance where two Here's, female characters can I, speak. Can I run two by you and tell me if it counts? Number. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just like I'm like attuned to it at the moment. Yeah. And uh, so I was thinking about it with this film. Uh, number one, first scene of the movie. So I, I think uh, what George Lucas was trying to do was like I'm just going to get this out of the way so we can move on <laughs> to the movie. Right. Uh-huh. We'll just do. We'll pass the Bechdel test in the first scene. And then, then we don't need to worry about it. Let's get these these. <laughs> Let's just get this nonsense fucking, out of the way. Like <laughs> these stupid uh, rules. <laughs> yeah, these these uh, uh, politically correct. Yeah. Like, let's get these SJWs what they want. Yeah. So I can really get into the meat of this film. Right. The yeah, adventure. and we'll just do it in the first scene. And so yeah. the first scene, um, the evil sorceress comes into the room with the mother uh, who has just mm-hmm. given birth to the baby mm-hmm. that, that everyone sits. And the sorceress says, give me your baby. You cannot stop the prophecy. This child will have no power over me. Start the ritual. No. No. Please, the baby. Yeah, give me your baby. And I think the baby is a girl. The baby is a girl. So that's a is... conversation. Did you catch the baby's name? Alora, Anola Holmes. Oh, it's Anola Holmes. My goodness, no stranger. Thing. It all comes together. Wow. Um, so that so that's a question of whether that's the be- that passes. And then the second scene, I don't think this counts. Later in the towards the end of the film, the the evil sorceress um, turns her own daughter into a pig. And they don't. She doesn't. Oh, she says like you betrayed. They do have me. a little bit of a. You betrayed me, yeah, and that's yeah. so. That's real. Mother, no! Jordan! Uh, it's not about a. It's not about a man. It's about a baby girl. So that's yes. This passes the Bechdel. Yeah, it passes the Bechdel test and Tanner. It also are you passes, happy? SJW. Yeah, are you happy? It passes the Jackdell test. Oh, and what, remind me what the rules of the Jackdell test. Rules are? of the Jackdell test is a talking wombat has to have a conversation with a wizard about a magic baby. Right. <laughs> Do many films pass the Jackdell test? There goes the blender. Um, yeah. No, not th- there that's what's... goes the blender. <laughs> Sarah just texted me all caps like you deliberately chose a recipe that has a blender in it. <laughs> <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. Um, n- no, actually, I think this is the only one I've found so far. I've had it in my back pocket. It's why I've never brought it up before, and I've been, like, despairing of it. Every new piece of media we watch, you're, yeah. you've got your little Jack Dell radar up. But... No, and we have so much stuff on the cutting room floor of our podcast because it's just not worth it where we like where we talk about whether it passes, and it just never does. Like, and it's yeah. like... <laughs> just trying to explore every angle. It's like, yeah. is, could this possibly be it? <laughs> yeah. This is a talking wombat talking, speaking to us. What was it? <laughs> talking wombat has to have a conversation with a wizard about a magic baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I 
do you want to introduce? Do you want to talk about the movie? I've got to say it. Yeah, I've got to say the movie. You, it's your turn. Yeah, I say the movie. I think. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, because like I haven't done it in weeks. But you did Mrs. Doubtfire. Did I? Well, I did Strangler Things. Okay, sure. and then then you must have done the next one. Don't remember. Yeah. So, um, shall I say it? Yeah. Okay, we do 80 seconds, and then I'll p- put some sort of appropriate 88 seconds, thematic. this movie came out in 88. Perfect. 1988. Okay, that seems fine. Um, I'll take the extra eight. Fuck it. Um, and then we'll just put some appropriate music behind it, and um, I'll describe it. Give me 88 seconds. 88. In five, four, okay. three, A baby is born to a lady, and but unfortunately, there's a prophecy that a certain ba- like a certain baby will kill the evil sorceress. Her name is Bad Mother or Bad Morda, and she um, she is much like Herod. She is going around uh, killing Hagrid, all. The- it's Hagrid. <laughs> She's going around killing all the babies, <laughs> just like Hagrid did. And um, she uh, finds the this baby, and she says, "Ha ha! This is the one because it's got a tattoo, just like in Walter World." And uh, but the nursemaid uh, takes it away and secretes the baby away and runs off and puts the baby in secretes. Uh, just let me say it. And the baby escapes, but the nursemaid doesn't. And it rolls down the river, and it arrives at this village of uh, guys. And the, one of the guys is Warwick Davis. And he is like, what's this baby? And then the, they're like, oh, it turns out it's a, a baby is putting us all in danger, so you have to take it on a mission. And he takes the baby on a mission. Then he meets Val Kilmer in a cage, who's uh, been in a cage because he's a kind of a, a, a bad type of dude a scoundrel like harrison ford from uh star wars and uh they he lets him out of the cage and they take the baby uh to go and confront the sorceress and then they have a big battle and they kill the sorceress and the baby is saved and the world is saved and also there's a a talking wombat who is a a good sorceress and he uses his magic to help to turn her into a person you shut your mouth that's pretty much it some of the stuff you missed okay let's discuss Uh uh-huh the brownies. The brownies are tiny guys. The brownies are tiny guys, and yeah. I want to introduce a segment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and the segment is called... You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I, I could have played this fucking part. <laughs> and it's not actually about me. It's about you. <laughs> okay. And one of the brownies is called... Um, Rule. Rule. Okay. Rule. And he's mm-hmm. played by Kevin Pollack, fam- famous actor. Yeah. Kevin Pollack. Okay. And the the brownie, there's two. There's a lot of brownies, but there's two main brownies, and they go on the journey with uh, Willow and uh, Mad Mardigan. Yeah. Val Kilmer. And they they have a lot of, they get in a lot of mischief, and they have a, a bag of um, dust. Love yeah. dust. Yes. Magic dust. And at one yeah. point. Uh, rule accidentally gets love dust on his own face. Right, it's a love potion, basically. It's a love potion. The first thing you see, oh yeah, in love with. Yeah. Um, and I thought this. I thought the rule character was perfect for you because uh, rule does get love dust on his face and yeah. then sees a cat and immediately falls in love with the cat. Yeah. 
wants a, to kiss the cat. It's a great scene, and um, and I could have played that part. And also, this is my cat of the week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is a new segment. Yeah, it's cat of the week where we talk cat about the, the cat of the week. And <laughs> you must be thrilled that a cat didn't at least a cat didn't die in this. No, the cat is great. The, um, the tiny world. guy's in more danger than the cat. I love this. The cat looks a little bit like Jenkins. I also uh, really honed in on this scene. It's a lovely, it's a delightful scene. It's very fun. It's a running gag that like people get this love dust and then kind of fall in love with the yeah. wrong people. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, uh, Val Kilmer. Yeah. He falls in love with the um, main villainess. Okay. Who is Bad Mom's daughter? Yes, her name is Sorcial, um, and she's a babe. Um, and um, this actually is a segment of mine. Oh, okay. I don't know what to call it, but I'm thinking of calling it. Cam Geary's fan theories. Okay, and is Cam Geary involved? No, it just rhymed. Right. <laughs> But maybe it's like sponsored by, because he's like a guy you would be a fan of in the babysitter, the the broad sitter verse. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. We can call it whatever you want. I like I like Cam Geary's fan fan theories. theories Brought to you by Cam Geary. No, I like Cam Geary's fan theories. Okay, but it's where we say fan theories. Okay, and what's your fan theory? Okay, listen to this. Not yours. It's mine. Okay, that's what's confusing about the segment title. Right. Because it seems like it's Cam Geary's. No, no, no. But, it's, but it's not. It's just sponsored by. Right. The type of person you would have, a babysitting type of person that you would have a fan theory about would be Cam Geary. It's Cam Geary. And yeah. it rhymes with fan theory. We're on the same page. Yeah. Okay. Listen, here's my theory. So there's a, um, for folks who haven't seen this film, uh, the love interest of Val Kilmer is a, a babe. And mm-hmm. guess what? The the actors that married each other in real life. Did you know that? Val Kilmer and... Yeah. That lady? Yeah. Married each other in real life. Wow. For eight years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's longer than I've done it. Been married? Yeah. It's certainly. But yeah, it is, because I've been married longer than you. Okay. And I haven't been married. All right. Well, it's years. not a fucking pissing contest. Um, and they, uh, so th- the love interest is her, and she's, um, she's also the daughter of the evil sorceress. In real life? No, in the movie. Okay, right. She's actually the daughter of the evil sorcerer, so she has to, like, she's, initially she's a bad guy, and she's, like, trying to hunt them down. She's trying to catch the baby. The the evil sorceress, Bad yeah. Mom, has two cronies. Yeah. One is her daughter. Yeah. Sorsha. Sor- what would you call her? Sorsha is her name. Sorsha. Yeah. And then the other is uh, Skull, Skeletor. Skeletor, yes. Yeah. Skeletor is in this one. Yeah. He's got a skull head and he does. And he and doesn't turn good. He he's doesn't turn good. He gets time. eaten by um, a big. A fame wolf. Monster. Oh, no. A big double-headed monster. A big double-headed monster. Um, we we got to stay focused here on my fan theory. Or Cam Geary's, I guess, fan theory. Cam Geary's fan theories. Um, okay. So that's I- interesting. But the way that they initially get together when she's bad and he's good and he's her captive is he gets this love dust on him. Yeah. And then he like, is supposed to be trying to sneak away, but like he has fallen in love with her. So he like wakes her up until, I mean, she like kind of is into it. 
She's into it. Anyway, that's a Val Kilmer. I gotta say this. Good luck. Hashtag swoon. On Hashtag swoon Kilmer. on that. Eighty-eight yeah. Val Kilmer. Ooh! Yeah. Yeah. If for some reason, unexplained, he uh, can't wear his shirt for most of the movie. No, no, no. He has he's one. He's got to show off his. We know he has one. Ripped up body. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's that. Okay. Now he's table that. Like a stack of pancakes and. Uh, okay. I, I got. I got a bottle of syrup that's ready for him. You know what I mean. You got a coupon for the Waffle House, all you can eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, he looks good. He looks good in this film. Okay, keep that in your mind. Mm-hmm. What I've told you. Now remember this subplot. When they when Val Kilmer is first discovered, he's in like a um, big cage. Crow cage. They he's call in a crow it. cage, his, and his friend he's Eric like, says he has war. Yeah. What? What? You? What'd you do to get in that crow cage there? <laughs> Mad Madigan. What'd you do this time? Nothing you wouldn't have done in my place. I always knew you'd end up in a crow's cage. Yes. So this guy's important. That Eric. guy, Eric, says that. And he's yep. they're obviously old friends. They have like he's like this handsome, like golden warrior from the past. And he's like, Oh, hey, it's you. And he does yeah, he Viking. they they have a past. And then at the end of the film, he um the guy dies, dies. in his he dies. He dies, and as in his dying breath, he looks at Val Kilmer. And he says, win this war for me. Win this war for me. Right. Here's my theory. They're the real lovers of the film, and the loved us fucked it up. Oh. Yes. I think that's right. Right? Good fan theory. when Val Kilmer sees Eric, he says, Eric, please let me out. And Eric won't let him, because I think he's maybe like a sperm. He's been jilted. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, pretty good no, fan you, you rot in that cage. Yeah. Um, but but Eric is genuinely excited to see him later in the film. Yeah. And then he says, well, there's some real, for me. yeah, like love. And there's something there. The but he bet Val Kilmer can't do it anymore because he's been magically ensorcelled to right. fall in love with the babe. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Hmm. Well, they do turn the babe good, too. She turns good. There's something we'll get into. What's your um, what's your fan theory? Oh, my Cam Geary fan theory yeah. is that... Because we each do... We always each do one when we do the segment. Like, I'll do one, and then it'll be your, ter- your turn to do it. And so right, right, I've right. done mine, um, and then now it's your turn to do yours, obviously. So, Willow. Yep. <laughs> Warwick Davis. Yeah. <laughs> calls Enola Holmes. Um, yeah, the, the baby. The world. Yeah. <laughs> Bobbing a lot. Okay, yeah. That's kind of his pet name for her. Yeah. Oi, Bobbin. Oi, Bobbin, yeah. Calm down, Bobbin. Yeah. It's going to be all right, little Bobbin. And Bobbin is the name of the main character in the 1992 graphic adventure game. (laughs) Okay. Bobbin Threadbare. Also by LucasArts. Yeah. And I think this is a... My fan theory is that this is in the, the Lumiverse. Wow. Okay. Willow takes place in the Lumiverse. Yeah. And the Star Wars averse and the Lord of the Rings averse? I think Willow is a prequel to Loom. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I think so. Because they're both in the, the Lucasverse. Yeah. 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 Isn't that a good fan theory? That's a good fan theory. I like that a lot. You have still never played Loom, right? Uh, not yet, but I feel like God, I ought you to. love it. If you, you can make a it. case that there's babysitting in it, we can do it for an episode. That would be a hard case to make. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will admit. Here's my other fan theory. You want to hear my other fan theory? Yep. 
Everyone in the film is a Benjamin Button. Okay. Explain. It's like it's kind of like it's like Tenet meets Benjamin Button. I haven't and, seen Tenet. Well, but oh, you like, know what? I've never seen Benjamin Button either. No, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. So it, I'm, I, I could probably follow. Everybody's living backwards through the film. It's a palindrome. The film is a palindrome. Okay, but that's not what a palindrome is. If you watch the film backwards, forward as it is backwards. If you watch the film backwards, it would be about a sorceress who loses a baby and then finds a baby again. And if you watch it forwards, that's what it is. Okay, fine. Right? If the film yeah. is a palindrome, and the only my the only um, the only sensible person in the movie is Enola Holmes, the baby. Uh, yeah. The baby is like chill and reasonable throughout this film. I think the brownies are cool. No, they're cool, but they're not at all sensible. They're sensible. No, they're not. They're fucking lunatics. Well, I think in this film, that's sort of a badge of honor. It would be if everyone's a Benjamin Button and they're fucking kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're, Everyone they're acts like children. Well, idiot we know children, War, except Warwick the baby. Davis is a child in this film. Right. There you he go. He was like 17. I don't know how old Val Kilmer was. I'm going to assume he was probably like 16. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? Everyone in the movie is a Benjamin Button, and it's in reverse. He's a bunch of, a Benjamin Button. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, Benjamin Button. Um, so many iconic lines. I stole a baby <laughs> from you while you were taking a PP. Is what? <laughs> Who says that? Oh, the one of the brownies. One of the brownies says that. He's I love ro- these brownies, man. He's riding an eagle. I stole the baby from you, Daikini, while you were taking a pee-pee. I think every movie should have brownies. So the brownies... So this film is obsessed with size. Yes, lots of... I think I think George Lucas had just discovered how to do size stuff. Yeah. It's, size it's, play. It's interesting in size play. He's a size queen. You know what's interesting? He's a size queen. Yeah. Is that something you just made up? No, a size queen is like uh, someone who really likes really big dicks okay i wish i had called themselves size queens no i would and i i i would prefer not to have asked you that because it sounds like such a cool thing george lucas is a size queen (laughs) yeah um and i guess it's fine it's fine why not right but this movie is obsessed with size and like it's like the the they're called the now when i think the Nelwyn, yeah. The Nelwyn. Except everyone calls him Pex. The, the, the slur is Yeah, Peck. the slur is Peck. And that's uh, Warwick da- Davis. And the, it's all little people who play the parts. Right. But, and it's then a the, village of little people. There's like, a, literally little people. The baby. Yeah. And they call it a bikini baby. Do they? No, they call it a daikini baby. It's called daikini, daikini is what yeah. the big... Which is what the Jawa says. Ja- excuse daikini! me. Daikini! What? The Jawa. In what? Star Wars, idiot. I know Look what a up. Jawa is. I'm just asking you, like, at what point... Daikini! It... Oh. <laughs> so at some point in Star Wars, a Jawa says Daikini, which is a, yeah. a, the, what the big people are called in this film. And the big people are called that in Star okay. Wars, too. All right. <laughs> Fine. I'll believe you. <laughs> but, but, and also, the little people aren't the smallest people. So you've got this baby who's... Small, a small person. And then, but the smallest people are these brownies. I'm telling you something. The Jawa thing. No, don't shush me. The Jawa thing is a sidetrack. No, it's not good to shush me. I'm trying to say something. What are you doing? Did you find it? Please. Shh. 
It's a, here it is. Okay. Uh, the 24 second mark on this video. This video that I'm sending you right now. Great. And so what? I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Well, just go to the 24 second mark and hit play. This better be good. I swear to God, this better be good. It's annoying. It's Jawa talk. It's it, it's in my head now. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, he says Daikini. <laughs> he says Wootini. No, he says Daikini. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you for that. Then it was wor- it was a good. That was a good. Well, and it's, I'm just I'm connecting yeah. the dots, Jack, because yeah. this okay. is part of the the Star Wars verse too. But the movie, everyone's a size queen in this movie because it's everyone. Everyone's the sizes size of everyone doesn't make sense. Right. And the the and and the the brownies are tinier than everyone. The brownies are little mouse people. They're like um, yeah. borrowers. Borrower. They're like borrowers. Yes. Borrowers. Uh, they're cute little men. One of them is Kevin Pollock. Yeah. Their names are Jean Valjean and Rule. Okay. They love cats. Yeah, so do I. They love eating eggs, and that's actually my... Wow. Okay. We're doing Birds of the Week because it's a babysitting book. Uh, What's your bird? Um, They, for some reason, Val Kilmer, adult daikini man. (laughs) Adult baby. Adult adult baby. Val Kilmer. Yeah. um, Insists that these two tiny mouse people go and get him eggs. (laughs) Yeah. They're not, they're people, people, but I get what you mean. Yes. And and he says, go get him, go get me eggs. Mumbo, Jumbo, I am hungry. Go get me some eggs or something. Go get me eggs. And then during the the journey, they kind of reach the 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 magical wombat's island. Yeah, there's and a magical wombat in this uh, movie, and actually, that's my wombat of the week. Okay. And who's your wombat of the week? My wombat of the week this week is the magical wombat that uh, is in this film. Okay. And you don't even remember its name? Um, it's a sorceress. Yeah. Um, they get to the. And she does this voice acting. It's like I don't. I think they have a different voice actor for when it's a wombat than when it's a person. Yeah. Because it's like because the person's just like an old lady. The person's just a lady, but like the wombat is like. The worst version of what you would do if you were trying to do voice acting for a wombat. Right. Who are you? Who are you? I'm Willow Upgood. What are you doing here? I've come to find the great sorceress, Finn Rizel. That's me! Hello. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. I'm a wombat. Yeah. Uh, Concentrate, Willow. Yeah. I could do it. Fuck, I could have played this fucking part. You're excellent at it. And uh, this is actually, I could have played this part, and it's you. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, sorry. Uh, uh, you're burned. They go to Wombat Island, and uh, Val Kilmer parts ways with them, and, or he's about to, and he says, okay, like, thank you. I got you here. Like, right. Uh, here we are. And, yeah. And he says, his name is Mad Mardigan, by the way. Yeah. Mad, Mad Eye Moody. Well, looks like I got you here. And then uh, F- F- Jean Verjean says, You 
What did you do? And then Rule says, All you did was hang around and eat our eggs. Okay. And that's my burn. That's pretty on him because all Val Kilmer can do is eat eggs. He doesn't do much. He ha- he suffers from an agency eats problem eggs. in this film where he doesn't do much to help. He claims he's a, a world-renowned swordsman. Yeah, and it kind of comes up in the final battle. Kind of comes up a little bit, but there's this they they tease us. Yeah, they tantalize us with a scene early on where he's dressed like a lady. Uh, problematic. It's broadly fine. Okay. <laughs> Careful, Jack. <laughs> uh, and one of the bad guys plunks, they make, they like Peter Jackson really focuses in on this. Yeah. The bad guy plunks his sword down right mm-hmm. in front of Val Kilmer. Yeah. In the, in the floorboards of an inn. Yeah. And I thought, this motherfucker. Yeah. He's going to grab that sword and he's going to do some fancy footwork. Yeah. And he didn't. He, he didn't. does not. I no. think Va- Val Kilmer had it in his writer to not do any fancy footwork in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> he mostly just takes his shirt off. Um, here's my burn of the week. It's also Val Kilmer and it is also related to my Cam Geary's fan theory uh, at the 33 minute and 45 second mark. The, uh, the night. Uh, who is Eric, who we believe uh, in the fan theory verse is the jilted lover of Val Kilmore. Val Kilmore. <laughs> Val Kilmore. <laughs> that's, that's his, like, like how to, like, like Tolkienize your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Val Kilmore. <laughs> it sounds uh, like a valley in the... It's like where the elves live. In your Northern one Rings. works. You could be Tanor. That's true. Tanor Green Ring. <laughs> I got a Hobbit name. Tanor of the Green Rings. Yeah. Um. Uh. He the the so the, the Eric is his name Eric really? It's A I R K. Okay. Eric. Eric uh refuses to free him from the cage, and he says, "Mad Mardigan, I still serve Galadorn. You serve no one. Remember, you sit in your coffin and rot." Mm-hmm. And that's a burn. That's burn on yeah. him. You it's burn die. on him. Dine, dine is a cage. You die now. Um, Not a lot of burns in this book. Not um, a lot of burns. Should we take a break? Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about more of this fantastic movie. Okay. Okay. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um... A dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... Um, Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, Like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. 
Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use. It's entirely online and they are super flexible. So it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Bedfellows. Tanner, it's been a long time since we talked about Lacan. Mm-hmm. I feel like we first addressed it in the first BSC episode. Let me see if I can remember who Lacan was. <laughs> Is he the one who hated masturbation? No, he's the one in Star Trek Two where Kirk is like, Lacan! Lacan! Uh, who's Lacan? Um, Shaka Khan? <laughs> that's what he said then, I think. Or do maybe the shock, last time we talked about <laughs> Jacques Lacan, <laughs> that is who I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I think it gives us a good lens into talking about what this film is about. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't, we've talked about the characters in the movie, we've talked about some of the things that happen in this movie, but we haven't talked about what this film is about. Okay. I think that in some ways this film is about the early stages of, of a baby's life. Okay. Of growth. The way Lacan breaks these out is into three key stages the real the imaginary order and the symbolic order okay so the real is when you are like so close to nature that you don't know anything you don't feel disconnected from it okay all you know is is that why babies like the nirvana baby can swim yes okay and in this film that's the passage where the baby and the nursemaid are one right and And the world is eaten by wolves well, she later gets eaten by wolves, but that's that's they're not really wolves. They're kind of big rats. Yeah, they're it's like hard pig, to quite, pig rats. Hard to they're cool and pretty scary. I'm glad Cyril yeah, didn't. They're see like that boar part. pig rats. Yeah. The next stage you have in a Lacanian interpretation is the imaginary order, more famously known as the mirror stage. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Well, you're visibly yawning in a way that I I I can did see. wake up very early this morning. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm very tired. Okay. Well, try but to keep focused because this I'm is engaged. the interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mirror stage is once you realize that your body is your own. Okay. What's right? that to do with the mirror? You're, because you look in the mirror and you see that you're distinct from other entities. You're no longer a, just like a part of the world. You become a distinct person, a distinct entity. Okay. And that what you sense there is a lack. You f- feel the loss. You feel a need. And this causes massive anxiety and probably is the source of all of our neuroses. Okay. Not me. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's symbolized here by the period of the film where the, the, um, the, everything is – like tiny people are flying around on an eagle and they're throwing spears at everybody and the pig wolves are fucking 
they're out there chasing everybody, and that's yeah. bad. Yeah. And then you're eventually you're assimilated into the symbolic order. We've talked about this before in relation to Claudia and the Phantom phone calls. Is it that? Yes. You'd have to tell me. I'm. I can't sure. remember. Uh, but it's once you recognize you recognize the the need for uh, for symbols to interpret the world to to mediate your experience. Okay. Right. Uh, it's the name of the father, and that's when you accept natural law. You you move into the symbolic order of the world away from the state of nature. I'll tell you this. I think and, Miles right now is in mirror boy stage. Yes. Yeah, because we did a we had an exercise tonight when he got home from daycare. Uh, we feed him dinner, and he um, we gave him pasta with pasta yeah. sauce, mm-hmm. and the pasta sauce had some vegetables in it, mm-hmm. and we gave him a, a bowl of pasta sauce. I'm oh, yeah. sorry, a bowl of pasta with pasta sauce on it, and he ate mm-hmm. it happily. Spec bowl. And then he asked for more pasta. Yeah, I said okay. I got him more pasta, and I put it into his bowl, which yeah. still had pasta sauce in it, and he lost his mind (laughs) just hysterical inconsolable and i could not figure out how to make him happy yeah i gave him the plain pasta yeah nope that made him cry even harder yeah i tried to mix his pasta in with his sauce better nope that's not what he wanted pull down (laughs) eventually what i had to give him was a measuring cup full of pasta sauce and a spoon (laughs) and he still wasn't very happy you know like he accepted it yeah and he just (laughs) ate the pasta sauce with a spoon but he was not happy about it and i feel like he needs symbols yeah he needs something to be able to express his right. wants and desires. And that, it, it, to put Freud and Lacan together. And that's Dad Talk. And that it has been Dad Talk. And this has been Lacan Talk as well, because to put Freud and Lacan together, that's the moment where you symbolically have to kill the father. I, th- I think he wanted to. Yeah. I definitely saw a fire in his eyes. And that's when you enter into the symbolic order. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, what the symbolic order is, the rules of the magic um, that, that allow everybody to, to kill all the sorceresses and, ha- and create a society again. Willow is a sorcerer. Yes. Well, he's a farmer, but he yes. accepts the call. Yeah. And he becomes a sorcerer, and he's given yeah. a sorcerer stick. Yeah. Uh, a wand, some might say. Yeah. Good Witch of the West. Yeah. Who's a wombat? Who, no, the other one. The one who's friends with the brownies. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But the wombat does teach him how to harness it. How to harness it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he does He does learn how to do magic, but it is a struggle. Mm-hmm. He, he does need to kind of pick it up over time, so uh, he needs to learn the symbols. Let me, uh, to continue this question, which is, what is this movie about? Willow. And Oof, about as in italics here. I want to draw your attention to a... Um, a line that is kind of tossed off by, I think it's the Skeletor, says it? Yep. At the one hour, 30 minute, and 46 second mark. I feel like the 80s, there was a lot of skeleton stuff happening. They were just doing a lot of skeleton stuff. And Cyril saw some of that when he came in to watch Willow. Well, he's already been sort of traumatized by Skeletor in the past, right? Yeah. What's his working relationship with Skeletor like these days? Um, he's still pro-Skeletor. He still is not does not know that there's another side of the coin that's He-Man and that is good. In his okay. world, Skeletor is like a weird-looking guy who's like got so, a lot of good ideas. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
he he likes Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's what Skeletor says at the one hour, 30 minute, 46 second mark. Destroy the beast. Find the baby. Destroy the beast. Find the baby. It sounds like an energy drink slogan. <laughs> I think that that's what this film is really about. We have to destroy the beast inside ourselves mm-hmm. and find the baby. The, What's the, the beast? The beast is experience and the baby is innocence. Okay. And the uh, Willow's first appearance in this film, he's out walking his pig. Yes, he's got a pig and he can also make pigs disappear. Yeah. And pigs are beasts and he finds a baby in the river. Yep. Um, so he makes, he destroys the beast. Yeah. Makes it disappear. Later, Val and Kilmer. He finds a baby. Val Kilmer has gone feral, right? He's living in a cage. Yes. And he finds a baby. Yes. And he casts aside that I'd say side he of coerces himself. Coerces a baby. Well, yeah, sure. And not he didn't coerce the baby. But he becomes he a better man away from someone through having found the baby. Yes. Right. Yep. The sorceress, the evil sorceress, and this is such an important point, and I made it briefly before, but I'll make it more strongly now. Her name is Bavmorda. Bad mom. Bad mother. She's a right. bad mother, right? And this Her is so typical thing, George Lucas. Yeah. Darth Vader, bad mother. Bad mother. You can try a little harder, Darth Vader. <laughs> I mean, George Lucas. Oh, Darth Vader. Vater is like father. Is that well yeah. known? Yeah. Is that well known? I just <laughs> fucking put it together. <laughs> Dark father. Dark yeah. father. I just put that together. I, am I the like the last person to figure this out? <laughs> The last that, person who has seen and appreciated the Star Wars films. I'm yes. the last person to figure out that Darth Vader is Dark Father. Well, then this makes my point even stronger. Her name is Bav Mortar. She's obviously Bad Mother. Yeah. Wow, George Lucas, fucking hell. George Lucas, you, you knocked it out of the park with there this There goes one. my hero. There goes my hero. Um, uh, you're, But you're still on notice for stealing Peter Jackson's ideas. Shouldn't have. Oh, wait, but, other way around. Yeah. The sorceress is trying to find the baby, right? Yep. But she's going it. the going about it the wrong way, and what she ends up finding sorry, sorry, is sorry. the beast. Doesn't want to kill it. She wants yeah. to send it to the like negative zone, right? And that's bad. And she finds the beast, and right. she and she's the the opposite side of what happened. So the, what we all have to find the baby is what I'm saying, and that's what the film teaches us: and destroy the beast. And I want you to think about this. Okay. Okay, and then uh, finally, here's what I'll say, finally, to bring this home. Early okay. on in the film, he's, like, doing, like, a thing for the town fair. Who's he? he? Like, Willow! Okay. And he makes a uh, pig disappear. Pig and it's, disappear. It's just a sleight of hand. And it's also how he wins at the end of the movie. At the end of the film, at the one hour and 58 minute mark. It's kind of a long movie. He um, Surprisingly long. Surprisingly long. He uses that same trick to trick the sorceress. And makes yeah. the baby, uh, Nola Holmes, disappear in a way that, like, distracts her just enough that she can get killed by somebody else. Yep. And then he says... It was just my old disappearing pig trick. He found the baby and he destroyed the beast, right? The right. beast was the pig. Yeah. Oh, and the sorceress does try to turn everybody into pigs, like Cersei. She does turn everyone... She uh, She's... Successfully turns everyone into pigs. She does turn everyone into pigs at some Except point in the film. 
during the battle. Except Bilbo and except Gandalf. Yes. Wombat. Gandalf the Wombat, yes. And I hope that everyone's following this who hasn't seen the movie. I think we've explained it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to tell me? Because that's Yes, I that's have a it. segment. That's all I have. Yeah. I would like to introduce, and it's called... Ron Howard. I don't understand how you do that to a big beast of a horse. Horse idiot. I always watch this kind of thing and wonder if the horse is having fun. Uh, Ron Howard wrote this movie. I kept saying, I said that George Lucas wrote it and he did write it, but Ron Howard directed it? Ron Howard directed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's Um, hear it. It is a Lucas film. It's a Lucas film and George Lucas wrote the movie. And Ron Howard is involved somehow. He's attached. Yeah. Um, at the fifty-four, so there's a there's a, a segment of this film where they, being Val Kilmer, Bilbo, the brownies, mm-hmm. and the baby in old homes from mm-hmm. Waterworld, escape from Skeletor and the bad guys. Yes, and they go on kind of a wild cart chase. Mm-hmm. Where Val Kilmer and Bilbo have one cart, and they're like running away from the bad guys, and the bad guys all have like horses, and they're chasing mm-hmm. the cart. And at the fifty-four minute and thirty-second mark, the cart is broken, and they flee, and they duck down into the uh, the bushes mm-hmm. next to the the trail, and all of Skeletor's bad guys go galloping by on their horses, right, and. You can play it for Baby Nation if you want. Mm-hmm. There's a distinct sound of dogs barking. <laughs> Come on. Down. Rule, you fool. Get out of the road. And no dogs on the screen to be seen. <laughs> and I think maybe Ron Howard thinks that horses bark like dogs. He just like, he went into post and he was like, this scene needs something. Yeah. What is it missing? Let's and make the, the horse horses like, like the, make horse the horse sounds. bark like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, do the horse sounds. Just and do the horse sounds. The guys in post like added it. It was like, nah. He's like, what the fuck is the that? No, fuck horse is that? sounds. Horse sounds. Horse sound. You know, like. What the fuck is nay? Do you mean dog sounds? No. What's a dog? You mean a pig rat? This reminds me, if I may say so, of something I pitched to you earlier today in a work-related meeting. Yeah, you were trying to. Yeah, you were you were really. Jack and I work together to some degree. Yeah, he's keeping me at arm's length. Which is fine. <laughs> uh, but I do manage to cajole him into doing things for me every now and then. And today I pulled him into brainstorm for a upcoming horse film. Yeah, that we needed to generate some big ideas around. Yeah, and your big idea that you kept trying to <laughs> hammer through. Was horsify your dog? Horsify your dog. It's fucking genius. You really wanted to to sell this to a, a, ma- a major, 
Motion Picture Studio. Motion Picture Studio. Yeah. You wanted them, they're advertising with the website that I run. You yeah. wanted it to be Horsefire Dog. Horsefire Dog. Yeah. And, it's, it's, and that was your campaign. Listen to this, folks, and yeah. hear me out, everybody. Here's the idea. It's like a, it's a contest, and everybody gets their dogs, and how do you de- make your do- horse fire dog? <laughs> and it's a horse. Yeah. And, and then the you take a picture. Like a and then you just sent me about 12 pictures of, horses, <laughs> of dogs. Of people like who horses. are of trailblazers. Yeah. Who, who have already dogs. horsified their dogs. They put like little saddles on them and like give them little wigs. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't include it in the pitch. I hope that's okay. I mean, it's okay. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But it's I can not- talk to the salespeople tomorrow and send yeah. me. I, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't send that back out yet. <laughs> One more idea. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah. I was yeah, so I don't blinded even, by my rivalry with my this, friend. Put this yeah. on one slide of the deck, <laughs> right in the middle, 72 point font. Horse of Fire Dog. Horse of Fire Dog. It's good. Yeah. That's gold. That's the type of gold that I come up with. Um, please do hire me as a consultant. I want to. <laughs> you it won't let me. <laughs> I just remember that Skeletor's real name is General Kale. General Kale. Have we done the whole cast? There's General Kale, Skeletor. There's Mean Queen Amidala, who is an evil sorceress. Bad Mama. Bilbo, uh, Val Kilmer. Magic oh, and Giant Gandalf. Tinkerbell. We talked briefly about Giant Tinkerbell. There are two... Um, sorceresses one of them is a magic talking wombat so, well, there's a lot of sorceresses but there there's are two Batman, good ones um, there's the wombat and then yeah. there's yeah Gwendolyn. yeah the good witch of these and the wombat is kind of a t- talking about finding the baby she ends up being kind of a surrogate mother for um bilbo doesn't she for bilbo uh yeah, yeah she she tries to teach bilbo how to do magic yeah and, he and you does. might call him a wombat if you have wanted to mombat Yes, I like that. <laughs> We're gonna go with Mombat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have any other notes. Hell of a film. Uh, it ends in a in a big battle, like uh-huh. a home. It's like Home Alone. Yeah. There's a castle. The castle's abandoned. Bilbo and Val Kilmer hang out there and set up a bunch of intricate Home Alone style traps for when Skeletor comes. Mm-hmm. to take the baby and all of Skeletor's boys get they like step on nails and they get covered in hot oil and they get crossbowed and they get eaten by this big monster that Bilbo somehow accidentally creates yeah right. a troll attacks Bilbo there's trolls yeah. here too for some reason yeah Bilbo uses his magic stick to turn the troll into like a brain with two heads yeah which he promptly kicks into a bog. And then it turns into a monster. And then a minute later, it turns into a giant two-headed dragon. With this like film is obsessed chin. with the idea of the procreative act, right? Okay. It's about babies, right? It's about babies, about like how do you birth a baby and how do you keep a baby, right? right. And that's what we do here, too. We're obsessed with it, too. That poor baby, that poor two-headed dragon thing is like, it was born seconds ago. Right. And all it knows is pain and And misery. And no, exactly. Hunger. And that's one of, that's, that's one of the, like, that's the, the, the marriage of the baby and the beast, right? Yeah. They found the baby and then they destroyed the beast all in one. And that was the baby and the beast. 
I still don't quite know what the mechanics were behind a troll getting zapped by a magic stick and turning into a giant. It's it's not explained, but I think I've explained it. Well, you you and Lacan and Lacan, yeah, and this notion of the baby and the beast. But then, the, then they they get the baby gets taken by Skeletor, which baby the Anola. oh yes the um, Anola Holmes and yeah. absconded off to the Bad Castle where Bad Mother lives, right. They make- did you know that? Did you know that it was Bad Mother? Where you're like, oh, it's just like Darth Vader, which, as I know, is Dark Father, and this must be Bad Mother. Or are you at least a little bit impressed that although I've I am the last person in the world to realize that Darth Vader means Dark Father, maybe I'm the first person to realize that Bath Morda means Bad Mother. If you can believe it, Jack, I did put the pieces together. There. You did. Yeah, I connected the dots on that. One. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, they go to her castle, and she turns everyone into pigs, as we said. Yeah, like Cersei. But then Bilbo turns everyone into gophers. Does he? Well, that's his plan. He says, back in the Shire, we I'm a farmer, and we've got gophers. Back home in my village, we have a lot of gophers. Willow, this is war, not agriculture. I know, I know. But I have an idea how to get inside the castle. Okay. I don't remember and that And then, part. well, it's a major part of the film. Okay. And then he turns everyone from pigs into gophers, and they spring up from the earth. Yeah. And they're all on horses. It's like the scene in Walter World where they're all on jet skis underneath the water. It's a lot Except like they're that. they're all on horses underneath the dirt. Yeah. And then they invade the castle, and they kill everyone. Yeah, it's a lot of murder. That's around the time that Cyril walked in. Yeah. And yeah. then the, the old bad mother gets all withered up with... Force lightning. Well, and an important thing is that um, her child, the babe, yeah, Val Kilmer's wife, yeah, and I don't mean to define her, Ms. Kilmer, those, Mrs. Kilmer, in those terms, because I think she's a very famous actress. I don't think she is. She, she's uh, she's on stuff. She's on something called Scandal. Oh, okay, I I like briefly looked her up and I was like I don't know who this is I don't recognize this. Person. She's good. I she's very good in this. Understand film. any of the? I don't know any of these properties that she's a part of. But she turns on her mother, doesn't she? She does turn on her mother. Yes. Right, and and ultimately everybody abandons their baby or is a baby and turns on their parent. Right, and that's yep. Freudian. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's the whole thing. She was in a in 2015. The late the babe, as you call her, mm-hmm. was in a TV series called AD. The Bible continues, and that's cool. Did we the, know that there was a sequel to the Bible? <laughs> it sounds like if it's AD, it sounds like it's just like the world is the sequel of the Bible. That sounds cool. AD sounds the Bible cool. continues is awesome. They're like, hey, you read the Bible, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Guess what? There's more the of it. The Bible continues. Yeah. She was also on something called Gossip Girl. Okay, I've heard of that. She was in the Borgias. She's been around. She's been acting. Tanner, I think it's time for us to leave. Jack, she was on. <laughs> she was in a 1989 film called Scandal. And is yeah. that what you think when? Is that what you think she was on when you said she was on? Is Scandal? that isn't that what everyone's talking about? <laughs> I think they remade Scandal, <laughs> the 89 film. Yeah. I think they remade it 
Oh, okay. As like a TV show recently. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, there you but go. She, that, I don't think she's on that. That just really bolsters my point. Yeah. <laughs> she's in Scandal. Yeah. She is in Scandal. She is in Scandal, technically. Yes, she yeah. is in Scandal. Yes. <laughs> it's what I've said from day one. Yeah. Um, I think we should go. They saved the baby. They saved the baby. The they baby's killed fine. the witch. And the baby's the future queen, by the way. The baby's the future queen. The baby does the nothing. The, the prophecy is the baby's going to get you. But it, the baby doesn't do anything. The the it the baby willows. coos and giggles and yeah she baby's likes great Val Kilmer yeah baby's great baby um we've done our cat of the week we've done our wombat of the week um and now we're gonna go uh, well hang on is there anything else in this film that we haven't said that happens in the movie I want to be com- we're completists here got horse idiot uh stole a baby while you were taking a pee pee I do have an outro for you if you want it well I think the outro is what I said. Destroy the beast. Find the baby. Is that better than yours? Do you want to say it? Maybe. Okay. What's yours? When I get out of here, I'm going to cut your head off and stick it on a pig pole. No. <laughs> okay. What? When does that happen? Matt, uh, Val Kilmer says that to Eric. When I get out of here, I'm going to cut your head off and stick it on a pig pole. When he won't let him out of the, the crow cage. Destroy the beast. Find the baby. Um, We're going to go. Okay. Fine. What I would like to say to you, Tanner, is thank you very much for bearing with me. You're welcome. Can you try to say that with uh, just the fucking teentiest bit more enthusiasm? You're welcome. Hey, Jack. Yeah. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I would like to thank the Baby Nation so much for bearing with us. What we do here is we talk about iconic babysitters, and we've always done it, and it's season seven? Yeah, it's getting up there. It's getting up there. Um... I would very much like to remind everybody to please, for the love of God, subscribe to our Patreon. We put a lot of work into it, and it's the only way that we stay alive. Yep. I mean— And here's the thing, too. If you like Tanner, I take a bigger cut of the Patreon than Tanner because I do all of the editing. hmm And so we need more people to subscribe to our Patreon so that Tanner can have something. <laughs> I would just waste it. For his child. So that Miles can have something. I would put it into Bitcoin. <laughs> it's a very good show. I would love for you to subscribe to it. It is um, about the Little Sister books, and we sing the descriptions, and we um, we put a lot of love and effort into it, and we would love to see you there. It's patreon.com slash podcast. Please join the Baby Nation on Facebook. You can find it. At, just fucking find it. I don't need to tell you. Find it. find it. Everyone's Idiots. good in there, and we have good discussions, and, and Tanner and I are in there, by which I mean... We're both in there. We're both in there. I sometimes dip in. And what else? Um, buy our merch, bit.ly slash BSCC merch. And finally, please do write and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to move through the rankings. Next week, do we want to read the romance novel or do we want to read the dark fantasy novel? This week, we read a novel that was called Willow. And it's about Radio Willow. Novel. And it's the ultimate babysitting uh, story it's the ultimate babysitting story it's the ultimate fantasy film every other fantasy film copies from it it's the ur fantasy film and it's the film that peter jackson looked to when he created the concept of lord of the rings Mm -hmm. um and uh we owe it a great debt of gratitude and it's good and i've never seen a movie that had so much babysitting in it (laughs) or read a radio novel that had so much babysitting in it me neither next week what is it 
We have the, we have a choice. Yeah, we've we've reached a crossroad. Okay, to the left, mm-hmm. the fa- the romance novel my wife suggested to you earlier. Yeah, that sounded fun. To the right, the gunslinger. Oh boy, Dark Tower. And I'm I am here. Your ever there are other worlds than these. Your ever faithful servant, Jack. I'm the Samwise Gamgee to your willow. What do we do here? Just following you into the dark. Should we read Dark Tower? Just the first one. The no, we would just read the first one. Because the first one's about babysitting. He babysits Jake. Yeah, he babysits Jake. But then Jamie... But Jamie had a great suggestion. Yeah. Came in and had a good suggestion for a sexy it's romance sexy, novel. And it's a romance novel. And about Jamie writes about romance novels for the New York Times. No, she used to. Jamie knows about yeah, romance Yeah, she knows novels. about them. Yeah. So, which one do we want to do? Sexy or Dark Tower? I think we could probably take a break from the bro shit. Let's do a romance novel. Yeah, we're going to do okay. the romance novel. Um, okay. That'll pass the second. Bechdel test. Jamie, right? are you awake? Jamie? She's probably sleeping. I know. She falls asleep on the couch. It's Yeah, it's late for you. What's uh, the romance book called again? Okay, we'll find out. So th- next week, we're gonna, Tanner and I are going to be reading... I've never read a romance novel. Nor have I. Too, um, make me too horny. Yeah, they make me too horny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have read the sex parts in, in ro- a romance novel before. What do you mean? I found a romance novel and have flipped through to find the sex the governess, parts. The governess game. <laughs> is the, we'll, we shall be reading a... Sexy, horny romance novel called The Governess Game, written okay. by Tessa Dare. Okay, everybody get it and read it, because it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, there's babysitting in it. And it's, a, apparently it's a babysitting book. I asked Jamie, she was like, you guys should read this. And I was like, is it about babysitting? She was like, you guys should read it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how much of it is babysitting? And she was like, there's some babysitting in it. That's the threshold. Um, all right, next week we're going to be reading The Governess Game, uh, which is about babysitting. And there's it's about babysitting. And there's sex in it. Um, all that remains is for me to say this week that I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's. Remember the trip man. Take your dream horse through that maze. This is the way. Berries to blood. There is no God, and we are his prophets. I may be a shitty boyfriend, but I'm a damn good babysitter. Destroy the beast. Find the baby. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Love potions. Oh. Oh. You are 
whiskers. I have to kiss you. Rudy! That does the broken heart. That was a headgum podcast.